Good morning. Class. Five, four. Now, eyes front, back straight. Now. Good morning. So this morning, I'm going to give you a, an update, <clears throat> a little bit more uh, about what uh, we were, were able to learn when we were um, in Uganda and um, kind of what uh, the way forward looks like from here. <clears throat> so before we do that, let's pray. Father, just thank you for the opportunity again to come together this morning to worship you. Thank you for your church, for the work that you are doing here. And we do pray that all that we do today would glorify and honor you. Pray that you would uh, open our eyes uh, to the work that remains to be done, taking your gospel where it has not been preached, and bringing in um, all of the elect. And just pray, Lord, that we would be faithful uh, to walk in obedience and follow where Christ leads. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, <clears throat> um, before I get into some of the uh, details uh, of what we saw at SOS in Kuba Midway, I wanted to give you a, just a, a look uh, at um, rural life there. So uh, SOS is located in a, a rural village called Kubamit Way in Uganda. And Uganda is uh, by far one of the most uh, poverty-stricken and one of the most corrupt countries in sub-Saharan Africa. <clears throat> and... Uh, and you see that poverty everywhere. So let me just walk through a few of these slides. Some of these are from uh, previous um, missionary visits there that I was able to access, and then some are from our trip as well. So this is basically a, a Kuba Midway traffic jam uh, mid-afternoon. Uh, <clears throat> if we move there, this is the house we've been promised so we're looking forward to that. But this is, I mean, this is how most of the people in the village live. This is the type of dwelling that they have. And this uh, mud, mud walls, uh, mud bricks that they make, and just, and you can see just shabby tin roofs. Some more people in the village. Another house this is actually one of the nicer homes in the village. <coughs> outdoor market. And this is how most of the people in the village uh, cook their meals. It's outdoor on an open uh, wood fire. That's basically everywhere. When we walked through the village, that's what we saw going on. Uh, nobody has electricity in the village. Uh, there's no indoor plumbing in the village. Uh, everybody still cooks outside and um, has outhouses, basically. <clears throat> I just threw that in for those of you who are bothered by insects. That's a giant millipede, which these things get like this big, so they're massive. Uh, transportation for the family. That's normal. Yeah, even some of the missionaries do that, so some of the village ladies. I'm sorry? So there is a well, and, um, and I'll show you a picture of that, actually. 
not of the well itself, but again, you know, all laundry is done in a bucket. And uh, these are the kids in the village. So either morning or evening, <clears throat> they go to the local well. It's a hand pump, and they, they pump their water for the next day or for that evening. And um, that's how they get their water. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, to really start this presentation and your understanding of what's going on at SOS, you have to start with Shannon Hurley. He is the uh, founder and he's the, the head of the mission there. So Shannon uh, grew up in Southern California. He's uh, a master's college and a TMS uh, graduate. Uh, after he graduated uh, with his MDiv, at TMS, he went on and started a business. <clears throat> he was involved in marketing. He uh, was marketing uh, Hallmark Canada and some other businesses. I think Mark touched on it, but he's the guy that's responsible for the Aflac duck. Okay, so he made a lot of money. Okay, a lot of money, and he had been uh, on mission trips to Uganda over the course of his young life. Started in high school. And as a result of that, he developed a real heart for, uh, for the country and the people of Uganda, uh, for missions. And he took all of the money, literally the millions that he made in marketing, and invested it in founding uh, SOS Ministries Uganda. And SOS stands for a Sufficiency of Scripture. <clears throat> so um, SOS really began in 2009. Uh, in this rural village of Kubamit Way, which you just saw the pictures of, uh, Shannon had purchased some land there, a couple of hundred, hundred acres. Uh, he built a home, uh, moved his family there, and planted a church, uh, which initially began meeting in his home. And these are his um, uh, biological children as well as his adopted children. And I think Mark mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Shannon has... They have somewhere between 20 and 30 foster children living in their home at different times. Some are at boarding school now who have moved up to high school level. And, uh, but when we were there, there were about 20 kids in the home. So, and some of these are adopted. The ones you see here are adopted uh, Ugandan children. So now, Community Bible Church of Kubamit Way. Um, like I said, uh, when he first moved there in 2009, they, they started the church. It started meeting in their home. And the church has now grown considerably to a weekly attendance of over 500 people. Many of those are children. Uh, some of those attendees are um, village dogs that just walk through the service at random times. They have uh, weekly Sunday services. They have uh, Sunday school for all ages. Uh, when we were there, I had an opportunity to teach one of the uh, adult Sunday school classes. And then they have village uh, Bible studies throughout the week, some evangelistic Bible studies in the, in the village as well. We were also able to attend a few of those. And then they host conferences for uh, the Baptist Union of Uganda. So the church now has outgrown uh, the building that they've been in for the past couple of years, and they're currently meeting outside in an open-air structure.
that's part of the Shepherd's Training College. It's a structure that's attached to the training college. <clears throat> and they're now building a new church uh, conference center uh, that will accommodate over 1,000 people, and that's supposed to be done by November. So I'll show you a few of those pictures. This was, and you can see the four heads there. That's me and Liz and Mark and Charity. And um, this was the Sunday service that we were able to attend. This is the outdoor um, structure, part of the Shepherd's Training College. And this, the worship team. She is also one of the um, managers at Legacy Christian Academy, the school that's there. So this is uh, the new um, church conference center that they are building, and uh, the construction is underway, and I'll show you a picture of that if you were able to see. Foundations have been laid, and I'm sure that <clears throat> the walls have begun to go up since we've been there just in the last month. Um, interesting thing about this, they don't have um, cement trucks. Every, all the cement that they use to build this thing is mixed by hand and poured uh, one bit at a time, one, one wheelbarrow at a time. So it's very, very primitive. Okay, then uh, in 2013, they established uh, Legacy Christian Academy, and that was in order to provide um, quality education for the local village children. At the time that they started uh, Legacy, uh, only 6% of the children in that village uh, had a, even a uh, junior high education. Most kids don't go to school at all. Uh, they haul water and they help with uh, the family uh, garden plot. So um, now they have an opportunity for a quality education. Uh, the teachers that teach in the academy are Christian. They teach from a biblical worldview. They have <clears throat> a daily Bible class in the school. They also have a chapel program, which Mark and I both were able to uh, preach at uh, one day. And they also have spiritual retreats. They also provide breakfast and lunch for all of the students, and there are 500 students in the school. <clears throat> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So uh, the students attend uh, the school basically for free. It's like $15 uh, a semester, and even that is covered by, uh, by support and uh, donations. So, and they can't get an education like that anywhere else in Uganda. So, yeah, they have a really good thing going on there. We met <clears throat> with uh, the, a number of the managers. Those are like principals uh, over the, um, the elementary and the junior high and the high school. So when they started uh, this, they, um, they began with first grade, I believe. Now the school, they've added a year. Um, uh, grade level every year, so now they're up to basically freshman in high school, and they'll add uh, another year for the next three years, and there'll be a, a full kindergarten through high school um, school. 
and they're also accredited with the uh, <clears throat> Ugandan uh, Board of Education, so they have some standards that they have to meet. And the students that, that go to school in uh, Uganda, uh, it's kind of like a, the British system where they have a, uh, an exam, a final exam that they have to take at the end of high school or to you know, move from junior high to high school. If they don't pass that exam, um, they don't have any opportunity to, to move on. They can go back and repeat, uh, but um, yeah, that pretty much ends it for them if they don't pass that national exam. And so far, uh, the kids from Legacy have been very successful. So they're getting a good education there. I'll show you some of those pictures. Now this, was, uh, this was the first day of school, and um, just introducing the kids to some of the uh, people that they would be working with. And we had an opportunity to um, give them some encouragement. This is not the chapel uh, that Mark and I did, but... So this is one of the classes, those kids. The interesting thing about this though, the, the girls in the school, you can see they're wearing red um, shirts, red blouses, the boys wear blue, but everybody has to shave their head. <clears throat> so the girls shave their heads, the boys shave their heads. And uh, part of that is hygiene, but part of it is uh, status. So they want everybody to be on the same level. People, girls who are able to grow their hair out and style their hair, you know, have a, a higher social status. So they don't want um, they don't want that going on in the school. They want everybody to be uh, considered and treated um, equally, fairly. Um, talking to some of the managers there, some of the principals, um, the kids love being in school. They appreciate what they're getting at Legacy Christian Academy. Um, and village life, uh, for some of these kids, is so, is so bad. Um, fathers are alcoholics. They're drunks. Uh, they go home. They get beaten on a regular basis. Uh, they don't have much food. Uh, at times uh, in their homes, and in some cases, the, the kids are, are even abandoned. <clears throat> so some of the kids that are at the school are being fostered by the missionary families there because their, their families have kicked them out, basically. So at the end of the day, some of these kids, um, they don't want to go home. They want to stay at Legacy. They want to stay at SOS, and at the end of term, when there is no school for two months, uh, these kids um, literally weep knowing that they won't be in school for, for two months. So it's tough. Then uh, Shepherd's Training uh, College. Uh, Shepherd's Training College was launched uh, to train and equip uh, pastors throughout Uganda and East Africa. Uh, currently, they have a one-year certificate program which provides a foundation in Bible uh, doctrine, hermeneutics, and spiritual disciplines. Uh, then the next phase is the three- or four-year Bachelor of Pastoral Ministry degree program, uh, and that's going to be um, equivalent to a seminary education in scripture, theology, pastoral ministry. Uh, and this, this program is by invitation only. 
uh, and then the students' families will accompany them. They will be living um, on campus uh, with the student, and uh, that's for the duration of the program. So currently, uh, they're building over 50 homes to accommodate those families who will be arriving February of 2024. And there's nothing else like this in Uganda. And uh, one of the things uh, that we were told when we were there, unfortunately, we missed uh, Shepherd's Training College because we were at the end of the vacation term. School year begins in February and ends in November, and they're off for uh, December and January. But for this certificate program, uh, they'll get 50 or 60 guys from all over Uganda, some from South Sudan, and um, it doesn't take very long for them to determine uh, about halfway into the program that about 50% of the guys that are coming uh, to the certificate program who are in some cases pastors or they uh, you know, work in a local rural, rural church, uh, they're not Christians say they have no concept of the gospel. And fortunately, by the end of the certificate program, many of these guys have become believers, but not all. So there's just a, a real dearth of um, Bible knowledge in the, the churches of Uganda. Uh, it's been infected by the prosperity gospel and then also by um, local tribal native religion as well. So... Let me show you a few pictures of that. So this is actually the front of the uh, college building, entrance into the, the college complex there. This uh, picture was taken the day after we left uh, as the guys arrived for the, that, um, for the new year. And again, they're from all over. See this, uh, this gentleman, uh, Mark Rotuna, is one of the professors in the college there. Uh, he's actually Kenyan. He attended uh, master's seminary. And uh, this is uh, J.P. Stepani, and I'll show you a picture of him and his family a little bit later. He's from Kingsburg, and uh, Natalie uh, has known J.P. for quite a while. And this is actually, so this... Um, screen that you see up here in the pastor's training college. So um, it's fortunate that Walter went with us uh, on this because he was able to get this thing working and they had to like do some elect electrical uh, engineering to get it uh, operational and Walter was able to do that when he was there. So it was a huge help and now it's being utilized. <clears throat> this is the library. So this library used to be at Emmanuel Baptist in Kenya and then when Dan moved to uh, SOS in Uganda, he was able to bring that library with him. It's um, estimated to be the largest theological library in East Africa. So, pretty amazing. All right, so just uh, going back a little bit more. Um, Shepherd's Training College, I want to talk a little bit more about that. And I'm just going to... Um, uh, read you um, their rationale, which is from one of their flyers, <clears throat> and basically, Shepherd's Training College was conceived and established out of a passion to see God's church in Uganda 
equipped with effective and highly trained shepherds, pastors. The church is the most important organization uh, in the world. Therefore, it must have men who are seriously trained to match the seriousness of the call to lead it. Pastor shapes the society in which he ministers. Marriages, families, and individuals are molded and impacted either positively or negatively by what comes from the pulpits throughout this region. Furthermore, pastors represent God and his voice as they preach and teach from God's word. Uh, therefore, for the sake of God's name and the clarity of his voice, it's essential that men are well-trained to represent it. Therefore, for the sake of the people of Uganda and the fame of our sovereign king, Shepherd's Training College is compelled to make a difference. So that is what drives Shepherd's Training College. Now, SOS also has um, an arm of the ministry, which is involved in uh, hosting conferences. I think I mentioned that earlier. Con conferences uh, for the Baptist Union of Uganda. It's for training pastors and elders. And uh, it functions similar to the Shepherds Conference that we have here every year in L.A. at, um, at um, Grace Community although uh, on a much more modest scale. Uh, they also have a community outreach um, arm to the ministry uh, that is partnered with Johnny and Friends, and they provide wheelchairs uh, to the disabled in uh, Kubanit Way and other uh, surrounding villages. And there are many who are disabled because of a lack of med medical care. Um, I'm sorry, also one other aspect of the ministry there is they do have a medical clinic that uh, is run by a doctor, Dr. Paul, a Ugandan doctor who also lives on site at, at SOS. And we had the privilege to meet, uh, meet him and talk to him a bit about what's going on there. One of the big problems um, in this region is uh, malaria. So before SOS was there, it was very difficult for villagers to get treatment for malaria, and malaria can be deadly. Uh, so uh, when we were there, <coughs> we actually were given malaria medication to take in case we developed symptoms. Fortunately, we didn't. But uh, all the missionaries that live there, uh, except for the Hufstetler so far, uh, all of them have uh, gotten um, malaria some multiple times. So that is a, a brief summary of what's going on uh, at SOS, the different arms of their ministries. And now I'll talk to you about Crossway and us. Um, need to go back, so a couple of months. Uh, Dan Huffstetler, who you met uh, last week, if you hadn't uh, met him before, um, he was serving in Kenya for uh, a number of years. He's been a missionary that Crossway has supported um, for the duration that he's been in Kenya, I believe, at least, um, at least for the 10 years that we've been here. And then a little over a year ago, he transferred to SOS. Now, Liz and I know the Huffstutlers uh, because our ministries in Kenya overlapped for uh, three years. Uh, while we were there, we attended Emmanuel Baptist in Nairobi together and were involved in church ministry there together. So that's how we know the Huffstetlers. And then back in October, I got an email from uh, Dan asking if I'd be interested in coming to Uganda to help out with the ministry 
there, uh, helping with the church and teaching in the college. Well, um, Liz and I, since we uh, left Kenya 10 years ago, We've been praying, uh, I'm pretty sure that we have prayed every day that we might be able to return uh, to service uh, overseas. But uh, Africa was not, was not really on, certainly not on my radar. Okay? When I left Africa 10 years ago, I was ready to leave. <clears throat> uh, but because this uh, door seemed to open, um, we were willing to um, at least investigate. Um, so I sent Dan and Shannon my resume, and then a few weeks later, Shannon was in California for some board meetings, so we were able to have a face-to-face -face interview, and that interview included me, uh, Liz, and Mark. Also say that uh, when I first got that email from Dan, I immediately talked to Mark about what uh, Dan was proposing, and Mark was supportive of the idea, very much so. So the interview went well, <clears throat> and I think one of the reasons it went well was because we took him to Hodel's. <laughs> so much of what they eat in Uganda is posho, which is like cornmeal and beans, so he was, he was flipping out. It's like, Mark, Mike, you gotta try this, it's amazing! So anyway, that went on for four hours. At uh, We almost went from lunch into dinner there. But uh, yeah, it went well. Um, so then Shannon um, invited us to visit the mission, okay, to see what it's like in person, see if we thought we could handle uh, living in a rural uh, environment, uh, to see if we'd get along with the Ugandan staff and the other missionaries. Uh, that were there, serving there. And again, that went well, and that was what our trip in February uh, was all about. So the trip itself went well. Uh, Mark, I think, touched on a lot of that a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were very much impressed with the, the godly character of all of the people that we met uh, and interacted with there, uh, impressed with the gospel focus of all of the facets of the ministries there, and uh, also impressed with the overwhelming need they have for help. So, in the weeks uh, since we have returned, uh, it's been a month now, I've been in conversation with Dan uh, and Shannon, and everything uh, seemed to be very positive, uh, good feedback from the people that we met there uh, in, uh, at SOS, and uh, uh, very positive in regards to Liz and I uh, potentially joining the ministry team there at SOS, but Shannon uh, had to meet with the board here in California, which he did a few weeks ago, because... Um, whether or not we would actually uh, be brought onto the team there was up to uh, the board here in California. Fortunately, the board, half of the board is made up of Natalie's uncles and <laughs> grandpa in <and> Kingsburg. 
So if this goes well, part of it's maybe her fault. And anyway, so so um, a little over a week ago, uh, I spoke with Shannon, and he indicated that it had gone well with the board, and uh, that I'd be hearing from them. Soon. So, this past Tuesday, I got a call um, from Kevin Thomas, who's the president, uh, essentially the president of SOS board, and he said that we'd been fully approved by the board, and when could we get to Uganda? So, As it stands now, our plan is to move to Uganda not later than November, but not before Crossway has hired another vocational pastor, and I did give Kevin that as a caveat for our coming on board. Um, our roles there uh, would be, um, I would be in involved with the church in a mentoring uh, role, and also will be teaching a couple of classes at the college. Uh, Liz uh, will likely be assisting Dan's wife, Angie, with the many short-term mission teams that come through SOS throughout the year. Uh, she will also be involved in discipling and teaching some classes uh, to the wives of the men that will be coming uh, on board in February of 2024, those 50 families that will be in the bachelor program. <clears throat> it is also likely that we will be fostering uh, some village children. So, this will be uh, for uh, a one-year trial run, and that's because uh, they've had some serious problems with some of the missionaries that have come on board in past years. Um, people who are no longer there, but when they left, they left after doing a lot of damage to the ministry. So uh, we totally understand their need for caution, and, and we support that. Um, the one year will give us an SOS uh, the option to continue or end the relationship at the end of that term. Uh, they will provide us with a furnished home since it's just a, a one-year trial run, uh, so we don't have to worry about that. Basically, we take our clothes and uh, a few personal items with us. Everything else will be provided, but we will uh, be considered uh, fully members of the, uh, the team there, the uh, ministry team, uh, fully incorporated into the ministry. So, I just want to show you some pictures of um, the, the campus itself, and I'll, and I'll take some questions uh, in a bit. Um, so this is actually one of the uh, professor's homes. This is uh, one of the homes that we will be living in that they will furnish for us. Um, this is just a few uh, pictures of the campus. <laughs> um, 
this um, direction. To the left, that building is actually uh, the backside of the medical clinic. And these, this pathway goes down to um, some of the residences for students. And what you see there are actually some of the residences. Those are actually residences for, uh, not for families, but for men who are in the, the um, certificate program. So they're there uh, on their own for a year. And I think there was, each one of those uh, houses, eight guys with bunk beds and things. So. And this is also one of the, uh, one of the professor's homes uh, that we looked at while we were there. Now I did want to, I want to show you some of the people that we would be working with. So these are some of the professors and missionaries. This, are, this is a Peter Madrama. He's actually uh, one of the pastors in the church. He's also one of the lecturers in the college. Uh, we were able to have dinner with him and his wife. That's Matilda. And uh, they're just, just really sweet couple. Uh, Ugandans. Uh, this is Anthony. <clears throat> so Anthony is actually a missionary there now, but he is Ugandan. Anthony's about six foot seven, I think, six, eight. He's a giant. And he was on the uh, Kenyan national basketball team and was recruited by Masters College, you know, many, many years ago. And they brought him out and he played basketball for Masters College while he got his degree there. And then went back to Uganda, and he's been with Shannon ever since 2007, even before SOS formally got started. And he's the head of community outreach there, so he's the guy that kind of organizes everything for Johnny and friends. We walked around the village with him and met a lot of the people in the village, and he obviously just a really sweet guy, fortunately, because, because he is a giant. And uh, yeah, just has a real care and a love for the people there. Uh, but he met his wife at SOS uh, a few years later, Mary. Uh, she came out on a short-term mission trip. Uh, they got married. Uh, they moved back to Kentucky, where she's from, uh, for a few years, and then came out as missionaries. Interesting thing about Mary, and I'll show you a picture of uh, their family in a bit. Uh, Mary's family has uh, literally some family members are members of the KKK. So their marriage did not go over well with her family there in Kentucky. This is um, Edward Kintu. He's uh, also uh, a professor at the college. He graduated from Southern Seminary. And Mark Rotuna, the a Kenyan, uh, who graduated from Masters. I'm not sure how long Mark's been there, but uh, just uh, a great guy, a great preacher. This is Anthony and Mary and their family, the Basabas. <clears throat> this is J.P. John Paul Stepanian and his wife, uh, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah Stepanian. And then that's Dexter and uh, Dexter and Jesse May. He's the head of construction there, so he oversees all of the construction and the building that's going on. And then Dan's, Dan and uh, his daughters and his wife, Angie, Dan, who we met last week. 
that good? Yeah. So, uh, a couple of things I want to say. Again, this has been our prayer for the last 10 years, that we'd be able to return to service overseas. This isn't what we pictured, uh, but it seems uh, pretty clear that God is opening the door and moving us in this direction. Um, We do believe that it's the best way to maximize uh, the productive years that we have left. Uh, Liz has more productive years left than I do. There's that age difference. But... uh, yeah, we think this is the best way that we can serve uh, Christ's church, um, his kingdom, and fulfill the Great Commission. Um, we also see, and Mark is certainly in agreement uh, with this, that uh, SOS would serve as a hub for exposing uh, missionary uh, teams, people who are interested in missions, to, um, to a gospel-focused, church-based uh, mission, which SOS certainly is. I left out a detail, which I think Mark mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, just a small world connection. Mark and Shannon did their D-men together, so they've known each other for years, and we weren't aware of that connection until I actually talked to Mark uh, and presented this idea to him back in October. So I will say that... uh, Moving forward with this, um, we'll be by far the most difficult thing we've ever done. When we moved to Kenya, what, 17 years ago? Uh, We took our family with us, our daughters. Uh, We won't be doing that this time. So, leaving them behind will be difficult. When we left uh, for Kenya 17 years ago, leaving Grace Bible Church was very difficult. But leaving Crossway will be much more difficult. We, uh, we've never experienced community, church life, family, love, and care for one another like we have here. It will be very hard to leave. We love you all uh, very much and have appreciated Um, the way you have spoken into our lives, uh, modeled Christ's likeness for us, supported us, bared our burdens, prayed for us, and we've been uh, privileged to be able to do that with you.
to well. So, it will be hard, but um, <clears throat> at least right now, it looks like this is what's going to happen. And what motivates us, <clears throat> I think, is the sermon I preached uh, back in 2023 on the holiness of God from Isaiah 6, when Isaiah saw uh, God in his sovereignty, his holiness, experience God's grace and mercy when um, God asked, you know, who they could send, who would go for, who would go for God, uh, Isaiah responded, uh, here I am, send me. So that's why we're willing to go. Uh, also believe that it is um, living out um, Matthew 16, 24 and 25, uh, if we're going to follow Christ, we have to be willing to die to ourselves, take up our cross and follow him wherever he leads. And, uh, you know, the loss that we will experience will be difficult, but um, as Mark has been preaching uh, through Philippians, we count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord, uh, willing to give up, all of those things. And knowing that uh, we are giving some things up, the things that we uh, value here most, uh, our family and our church family. Um, just encouraged by Matthew 19, 29. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. We know that our, our salvation is not dependent on what we do, but certainly um, what we do is evidence of our salvation. So that's what motivates and drives us. Now, any questions? Yes. So, um, fortunately, I have a pension, and I'm old enough to draw full Social Security benefits. And between those two things, uh, and uh, I'm going to purchase a rental home probably in Kentucky that my nephew, uh, Basil, will manage. So with all those things, we won't need much support, if any. But um, with the approval of Crossway, um, we will have some support from the church so that Crossway remains invested in us and in that ministry, keeps us accountable. Yes, ma'am. into Legacy Christian Academy? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I think that any kid that wants to go, uh, they will take in. So the, the, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, they have to be village kids. So they don't, they don't have kids coming from, it's not a, uh, 
<clears throat> it's not a boarding school like many of the Ugandan schools are. So it's just a day school. So they don't live in the village. They don't go to the school. And the, the village itself is about 1,500 people. Virtually all the kids go to school there, 500 kids in that school. So. Yes? So um, most of the people that live in the village uh, are subsistence farmers. They have a little bit of land that they and they just live off of it. <clears throat> Fortunately, um, the soil is is very um, uh, a nutritious soil. And you drop something in in the ground and it grows. You know, and there's <clears throat> jackfruit everywhere, which like grows wild, and it's very nutritious, high sugar content. Uh, pineapples and bananas, and and then a lot of them raise pigs too. So, but that's yeah, most people are subsistence farmers. Yes, I don't know yet. So that remains to be seen, and all that will be clarified before uh, we actually move over. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. Don't know about all that. Um, I, at least not since SOS has been there, I believe. So there has been, they had some of those issues in Kenya. I don't know if that's been resolved. But, um, yeah, just, I'm not aware of that. So I don't know if you, um, how many of you are familiar with the history of East Africa, Uganda? Um, Uganda has gone through some really tough times back in the 70s. They were ruled by a dictator named Idi Amin. He was brutal, bloodthirsty, and responsible for murdering thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of his own people. Just horrible. And then in the 80s, there was uh, a lot of rebel activity and a lot of killing went on there. Now, since then, uh, since the 90s, uh, things have stabilized. They have a guy who's, uh, I don't remember his name offhand, uh, the president, who essentially is a dictator, but uh, a benevolent dictator. And, uh, yeah, Uganda has suffered greatly under its leadership. So. Any other questions? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> So we figure that out, I, I, we will keep everyone informed. Yeah. So we will be, um, so I will obviously be retiring at the end of this school year, and uh, we'll move out of our apartment. Um, so actually, some people have already offered uh, uh, us places to live in the interim, and, uh, and then I'll be working here at Crossway full-time during that six months or so before we leave. Anything else?
Okay. Coffee. Oh, sorry. Well, so we're going to be there for just one year initially, and if if we continue, which we're assuming, and Shannon is assuming that we will continue uh, there, um, we would come back and uh, certainly at the end of that first year uh, to do um, any you know final taking care of business here, uh, potentially uh, taking a. Um, a sea train over there, a container <clears throat> uh, to help with the ministry. Um, they always have needs there for things that they can't get uh, in Uganda, like tractors uh, for some of the work that they do there. So that, that's a possibility. But uh, I'm assuming we would come back um, here uh, at the end of that first year uh, for a couple of months. And then it's every two years after that. Anything else? All right. Crossway Cafe. You're dismissed.